Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to yet another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Happy Halloween, everyone, but on the program, I'm not talking about costumes and jack-o'-lanterns and things like that. I want to talk about sharks. Specifically, is it Shark Week? No, probably not. Specifically, I want to talk about an article that was recently written with the title of Please Fix Podcasting Before It Jumps the Shark. Subtitled with, a once promising medium risks being squandered in a sea of samelessness and self-indulgence. Well, other than lots of sibilance on that. Um, Okay, guys. You know me. Those of you who watch this, if you do not know me, I like to take a contrarian view. And this article definitely takes a contrarian view. It's not just publishing a bunch of good news about how why you and everybody else should get into podcasting today. No, it doesn't do that. It takes the opposite view. So rather than lambast it, um, I I thought what I would do is kind of go through it. And let's take apart the arguments and see if, in fact, we agree with this author, whose name is Steve Smith. Probably a nice guy. Never met him. But we're going to find out if what what you think, I'm going to tell you what I think specifically, about the information he brings up in the Folio um, article. So... Anyhow, this guy, by the way, he's been listening to podcasts since 2005, which is great. Started in 2004 when I was podcasting, still, or started then. So it's not like this guy's brand new. I don't know that he has a podcast. Doesn't really matter. I don't. That's not the important thing. The important thing is this is an opinion which is valid. Someone has it. And the, the trick is this, and I'll give you the spoiler before we get there. A lot of people feel this way about podcasting. So if you are a podcaster, and you likely are if you're listening to my podcast pontifications that I do every Monday through Thursday, and also on Friday, but that one's not put in the podcast feed, you also care about podcasting and you have a considered opinion, and so you should listen to this. You should listen to this and understand it, and let me tell you what I think about it. So one of the things he bitches about first, very first, he says that podcast advertising is getting worse, not better. I I can't disagree with his argument here. I'm not going to break it down. But basically, it's like, you know, ads, baby, ads. Look, ads are annoying. I get it. You get it. Everybody gets it. No one likes them except for the people that are getting money when those ads come in. Uh, As as we know, ads must be working. There's no way that places like Casper Mattress and ZipRecruiter and all the other places that you hear would keep advertising on podcasts if they weren't working. But I do agree that it's not getting any better. Because there's a lot of problems I've talked about in past episodes of podcast pontifications about the whole podcasting ecosystem that makes it operate unlike anything else in digital marketing. So I don't disagree. I do not disagree that the the podcast advertising is getting worse, not getting better. But that's just life. That's going to happen. And I think it'll eventually will get better. I'm not going to focus in on that. 
So what? Most of my clients don't do advertising because they're not trying to build blockbuster shit. Okay, moving on away from the advertising. Discovery and navigability, I love that word, are as bad now as they were in 2006. Well, I can't argue, disagree with that either. You listen to the uh, old timers in podcasting, the podcast pundits, and there's a split. We either have a discovery problem or we don't have a discovery problem. And, you know, here's the reality of the situation we do. <laughs> and we don't. I, they, they, bo they both have points. What the point he makes that I think you guys should all take away from this is that stop thinking about discovery and navigability from inside of podcast apps. Please stop that. That's like obsessing over whether or not you're, if you were a program, a television producer, obsessing where in the channel lineup you fall on someone's television. You know, that big guide thing that you hit and scroll down? That's a terrible way to discover content, yet a lot of people do it. Same thing for podcast apps and directories. That's not the solution. It's, it is a solution, but that's not where you get it. He, in fact, he calls out, he says, you know this thing called The Daily by The New York Times, that very popular podcast? Yeah, pull up The New York Times pod, not, not podcast, The New York Times app on your phone. And they advertise heavily for The Daily. Hmm. That's not letting discovery happen in the classic places that you think discovery happens. That's doing podcast discovery, making sure you're discoverable in lots and lots and lots of different places, not just the directories. Okay. He also says the next point is that too much podcast content is too self-indulgent. Well, he didn't say self-indulgent. He said too indulgent. And holy cow, is he correct on this one? Brother, you and I can commiserate. There's a lot of grab-assing in podcasting. There's a lot of, let me tell you about how my day went type stuff. Okay. And you know what? For some shows, that totally works. But applying it as a blanket across all podcasts and every listener therefore wants podcast banter in the show is just dumb. It's just dumb. You should not do that. Don't make your audience has to be the most important thing out there. I get it. If you're new, you've got to be the most important listener for a while. But don't make it all that self-indulgent. Really, really try to back off on some of that would be a great idea. His next point is the other great indulgence of podcasting is confirmation therapy. Okay, so that's the echo chamber of podcasting. No doubt, that's a product of us in these times right now. You can easily insulate yourself into whichever side. And by the way, there's, there aren't two sides, there are 20 sides. There's lots of sides. You can totally isolate yourself in that. And podcasting is, is no different. It is very easy to get into a rut and a routine and not challenge yourself. That's not podcasting fault. That's your fault. That's your fault for not going outside. So if you are arguing that point, as this particular author is, that's because they're not seeking additional content. It's there. Now, is it there in mass quantities? Is one particular viewpoint more represented? Maybe. I don't know. There's 600,000, but I'm not looking for... 300,000 to be one side and 300,000 be the other, or 100 for each for six different viewpoints. That doesn't matter. We can't consume that. My point is this. Whatever the opposite side is, you can go into podcasting and get it. You can get differing opinions. You just got to look harder. Actually, you don't have to look that hard at all. And then lastly, he says there's not enough experimentation with the form. And he doesn't just go off about single monologue shows like this. He doesn't just go off on interview shows, which are the staple of podcasting, but he's also taking aim at fiction. 
saying that it's very hard for someone who hasn't been listening to a show that's on episode 319 of a fiction series to get back into it. I don't disagree, man. I don't disagree. I think there's a lot of room for experimentation in podcasting form. Even in businesses, even the customers that work with me, I think there's room for experimentation once they get a few things underneath their belt. I love seeing new formats. I love not playing at radio. Let's do something brand new with this. Hell yes. I agree completely, Steve Smith, uh, with a lot of what you're saying. But to back up for a minute, podcasting can't jump the shark. I mean, it can't. You guys know where that word came from? Happy days. When Fonzie jumped the shark. That show jumped the shark at that moment. That's literally what that means. It stopped being good. That particular show. Podcasting as a content distribution mechanism cannot jump the shark. It can't. Podcasts certainly can, just like television shows can, just like book series or books can. A particular book can jump the shark in one chapter. I've seen movies that jump the shark 10 minutes in. But that doesn't mean all movies jump the shark. They can't. There's always someone new coming out trying something different. I definitely, I get the spirit of what he's talking about. That if we go too far down one path, and if we try and lump them all together, we do see some patterns that he finds disturbing. And I don't disagree with a lot of the patterns that he finds disturbing. But I also know that without any gatekeepers in a way, which is good and also bad, podcasting can constantly keep reinventing itself Keep doing new things, not just to make massive blockbuster shows, but also to create the kind of content that listeners want to come back to again and again. That's the goal. That's what you should be trying to make with your podcast. And if you'd like some help doing that with your podcast business owner or professional service provider, hey, get in touch. I launch podcasts and keep them running, make kick-ass shows that go well for my clients and their business objectives. Evo at podcastlaunch.pro is my email. You can just go to podcastlaunch.pro and check out all of the cool services that I offer. And I'll be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion... Unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com.
If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.